Welcome to the Pacho Perspective, a place where I share my perspective on everything in the space between life and death. I am your host, Pacho. Well, my Pachos Chachos, let me first apologize for not giving you that last episode I promised in December. All I can say is what I have said before, that life certainly knows how to interrupt itself. And so with my three children, with the break and everything going on, uh, was able, fortunately, uh, with my Lord's blessing, was able to take my family on a trip to the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee, and that was incredible. And then we came back, and boom, 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 we had New Year's Eve. Uh, and, you know, my kids, this is their last week off, and so I apologize that it took me all the way until Friday, but uh, it was the only time that I could get to myself and to some quiet where uh, you and I could have a conversation. And so what I thought is that I would begin the year uh, the way that I had originally planned to end last year, and that is to give my top 10 reasons for being grateful for the year 2023, uh, and to also hopefully share some of my hopes and expectations for this new year in 2023, which I think I already said, but you know what I mean, right? 2022. Um And so here it is, in no particular order, uh, but here are my top 10 reasons that I am grateful that uh, 2022 has happened and grateful that 2022 has come and gone and that we are now in a new year to look forward to. So first and foremost, with that said, uh, I am very happy that Skeletor, uh, wait, Sorry, no, that was her actor name in the early 80s. What I meant to say was Nancy Pelosi is no longer the Speaker of the House. Thankfully for some very smart voting constituents out there, although not enough, but uh, most at least gave us the Republicans a majority in the House, which means that I no longer have to stare at that uh, what I could only assume has been already resurrected a couple of times uh, past speaker. But um, we're not Democrats, and I am uh, very grateful for that as well, and that the House has turned red, and hopefully after some more primaries we could turn it even more in that direction, maybe even get the Senate back, if not to a tie, uh, then hopefully, you know, in best scenario, to have a majority. Um And so that is the first thing. Number two, I have to say, is Roe versus Wade uh, being overturned. I can't tell you how happy I am that that occurred. Honestly, in my lifetime, I never thought that that would happen. Honestly, I never thought even in my children's lifetime that that would have ever happened. But I am so grateful and so happy uh, that it did. Um, Again, it doesn't mean, for those of you out there who are still ignorant, believing mainstream media, it does not mean that a woman's right to an abortion has been taken away. It simply no longer makes it a federal right, which, come on, read the Constitution for God's sakes. It says absolutely nothing about giving a special class of people the right to get away with murder uh, essentially is what you're doing. I mean, you know, you can compare it to Auschwitz all you want, 
but I'm just saying after Auschwitz, at most you're talking 6.5 million to 9 million, and I'm really stretching the numbers there to put things into perspective. I mean, since Roe versus Wade decision, there has been 80 million infants murdered. I mean, to put things in perspective, that is really disgusting, and I am so, so happy that I am alive to witness our society starting to turn around and embracing good values and morals and life overall. Listen, if you've had an abortion or multiple abortions, all right, I'm not here to judge and I don't, you know, judge you. I'm sure the situation, at least in that moment, you felt you were doing the right thing, but, you know, come to the table, all right? Recognize that what you did was wrong. Put that shame in the past. Know you have been forgiven and start fighting for the right causes, you know, and, and end your life being a champion for life instead of, you know, trying to validate and rationalize what you have done. You were a child of the times, all right? Back then, we were more ignorant and more accepting of terrible things. Now recognize that you were older and better and that we are now in a better place and let that go, all right? You don't have to fight for it anymore. All right, what's done is done. Dost not be judged. But let's move forward together, recognizing the truth that it is an abomination and we are only better because it is absolutely gone. And hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, with that said, let's go on then to my number three, uh, which I would have made the first one, but I just can't tell you how excited I am. <laughs> Even with the house in a debacle, as now I am speaking to you, which I believe is the fourth day where Republicans are still voting for the next replacement to Skeletor. I mean, Nancy Pelosi. Um, and, you know, I, I have my perspective on that. Uh, a lot of people think that, you know, it's a kangaroo court. It's making us look stupid. But I don't. Um, I kind of agree. I, I don't really like the other McCarthy that's in the Senate. I think he's a... A wimp. Uh, I think he comes off at times, very few times in a year as a strong person, but for the most part, uh, does whatever the Democrats want in order for him to, I'm sure, keep his pockets full. So good for him, but not for the party and certainly not for the people. And I don't want another establishment Republican leading the House. And I completely see where the Freedom Caucus is coming from. Anyone but him, all right? Republicans, if you want to start getting the vote down, if you want to get your speaker, if you want to start making things happen, then anyone but him. We need a leader, not someone who's going to roll over like the other McCarthy in the Senate. We need somebody who's actually going to fight for the people and not just keep the status quo. That is why they are rattling cages. It is not because they're being greedy or selfish or that they want things, although I'm sure that has something to do with it too. But we need fresh blood, to put it mildly. And so that's my position on that. Uh, and hopefully we'll get somebody because uh, although it it shouldn't be perceived as a debacle. It certainly does not look uh, like the Republican Party is united, and I think that is what we need to do. We need to establish what the Republican Party stands for so that when people in primaries and later start voting, they know what they're voting for, right? We need to explain that we are not the old Republican Party. We are fresh blood, and I believe uh, that new blood would give people more confidence in that that is the case and not just another swampy rhino 
who will roll over when his belly is scratched the right way to our democratic demands. We need somebody who is going to stand for our conservative values. So with that said, uh, my number three, which uh, originally was my number one, but again, my enthusiasm uh, is you all. Thank you so much, especially to my amazing Patreon supporters. Uh, without you, um, I don't you know, know if I would really do this, but because you support me, I feel all that much more motivated to continue producing uh, this episode, these episodes and this um, podcast, uh, sharing my perspective and hopefully giving you some of the news. Uh, and also talking about literature. I really do this year want to focus a little bit more on that. Whether it means I have to make another podcast during the week, then so be it. But anyway, I want to share my ideas on Romeo and Juliet, as I have said before. So number three, <laughs> now five minutes later, is you. Uh, you, my wonderful, wonderful people. Not only my patrons, but all of you listeners out there, whether you are in uh, Algeria, whether you are in India or China or Russia or especially Australia. I love your mates down there. Uh, to all those in South America, my uh, Mexican constituents, and especially all throughout the United States without you, who are my huge majority of audience, uh, I don't think I would be motivated to to continue doing this. But honestly, you have blown me away in my expectations of how many listeners I would get in a month, in a year. And truly, I feel blessed to have an audience that is receptive uh, to my perspective. And hopefully, we will continue to grow and continue to reach more people and continue to pass along our Father's good word. Uh, number four is, as you could probably already guess, and really it should have been my number one, and even in this case, maybe my number three, but it's a podcast, and so I'm going to tender to you my wonderful supporters. But number four would be my amazing wife and my children who love me uh, more than I deserve. And I only hope that in my life, there's one thing that they know, and that is that I have loved them and I lived for them and I have found so much joy and happiness in their life, sharing mine and, and their truly blessings. And that's all I have to say about that. Number five would be then, of course, our Lord is alive and on his throne. He is still the king of kings. He still rules my heart. And so with him in mind, I just want to remind you, as many of you make your resolutions, to remember a metaphor I presented last year, how our lives are like a block of wood. And as we go on in the days and the years that we are given, we will be chipping away at that. And the ego at the end of your life will want the block of wood to look exactly like you with all of your pride shining through. But I want you, as I have invited you last year, to try to make at the end of your life, that version of you look more like Christ than like you. And that your life was dedicated to my father. And because you have followed his wisdom, you have been given his blessings and you've had a happy and fruitful life. And I pray that it continues on to your family, even those who may not share our faith, but that they may hopefully one day come to our faith and know our Father and know His love and know His many blessings. And so as always, like I do every day, at least three or four or five times a day, 
Thank you, God. Thank you for this amazing life. Thank you for that wonderful year. Uh, even the bad times that came into it, because at least you are always sitting on your throne and you are always at the center of our lives. And no matter what happens in the political and social world, we have happiness and we have joy because you are our peace and you are certainly love. Uh, number six is the truth is finally coming out. Thanks to uh, Elon Musk. Thanks to Project Veritas. Uh, thanks to Libs of TikTok. Thanks to Gays Against Groomers, uh, which I think is an incredible organization. You should really research it and check it out because, again, you know, not everybody who belongs to the alphabet soup, you know, believes in the the pedophilic. Uh, tendencies and the perversions that are happening, you know, under that guise, you know, there are still good people uh, out there on both sides and, you know, God bless them that they are fighting the good fight, you know, even though it comes, you know, with a lot of criticism, a lot of backlash. And so I say to all of you, stay strong, stay courageous, be brave, do God's work. And, uh, you know, don't be afraid. Even when you're at the cross, do not be afraid for, you know, the reward is great. Uh, and so, you know, just some of those truths that I wanted to share with you in case you've had your head in the mud during 2022. Uh, the FBI has had tons of corruption and collusion with Twitter prior to the election with misinformation, disinformation. You should really look it up. It's an incredible the amount of information they have prevented most of our country from receiving. Uh, Hunter Biden and his perversion and his POS of a father, the big guy, Pedro, Pedro, or whatever the heck his code name was, we're now starting to know that they are the most corrupt, the most disgusting family that has ever been at the head of our country. Way to go, Democrats. Way to vote for a winner there. Honestly, I would have preferred Bernie Sanders at this point. Or, good God, I'm going to swallow my tongue after I say it, probably would be struck down by lightning, but maybe even Hillary Clinton would have been better than Joe Biden. Holy crap. But anyway, I think that's a debate that we can probably uh, push out later. Um, thank goodness for the trans movement, the drag queen movement, all the CRT stuff is being exposed and how the pedophile ring and sexual traffic rings of Jeffrey Epstein have still not gone away. And, you know, finally, that truth is coming to light. You know, finally, people are starting to acknowledge that masks and lockdowns and the mandates were all trashed. They never worked. If anything, they have made things worse, you know, with uh, cardiac arrests in young men, with, uh, you know, continuing the disease with the mass, uh, making, you know, opioid overdose, drug overdoses, overdose and suicides, suicides in general due to the lockdowns. All of these horrible things happen, and that's starting to come to light. And God bless Switzerland just recently said that sex is binary and that all of that gender ideology crap is nothing more than that, a pile of hot, stinking, smelly dog crap. And then also the last thing being exposed that I am grateful for is the southern border crisis and the fentanyl crisis that comes along with it and the human trafficking crisis that is also a part of the southern border Finally, people are seeing it. Finally, major news stations can't deny what is happening. It is atrocious. Over 4 million people breaking into our country, completely undocumented, some of them with PlayStations and cell phones that our tax dollars paid for, many of them crossing the border, although we don't know who they are, with a work visa to just kind of come in and break in. And I mean, crime is off the roof. 
Violence is off the roof. Murders are off the roof. Domestic violence is off, out of control. I mean, it is absolutely insane. But I am so grateful, at least, that we are no longer in the dark, that we can no longer pretend that these things aren't happening. And now, hopefully, everyone will know. Number seven. And this one, I mean, in all honesty, and I apologize to any Canadian friends or listeners that I have out there, but thank God we are not Canada. Thank goodness we don't have to deal with assisted suicide or what they call death with dignity. Thank goodness we don't have to deal with repressed speech. Thank goodness Trudeau is at least not our leader. God, that guy is such a loser. You may look good, but you may look you make looking good like a pile of crap with a bow tie. All right? And good God in Canada, Mrs. Claus was telling children to get vaccinated because her and Santa Claus, two mythical creatures, got vaccinated. Thank God, again, I say, we are not Canada, USA forever. Number eight uh, would have to be that the Oberlin College has to pay $36 million to the family-owned bakery that was accused of racism because a bunch of dudes broke in and stole stuff multiple times that they called the police, and they tried to then paint them as racist for calling the police. And so, thank goodness, it's all over. Look up the story. They had to pay $36 million, and all I can say is, ha ha, Oberlin College, you are terrible, and you deserve all of that. Number eight on my list would then be uh, TikTok is starting to be banned by the government and social media platforms. If you don't already know, TikTok is toxic. Get off it. Get your kids off it. Block it. Ban it from ever getting downloaded on any of your devices. It is a communist pundit spyware stuff. Get it away. All right. Pornography, access to drugs, all that stuff lives there. Get off of it immediately. Number nine, I can't I can't just say enough how happy I am that I have Governor DeSantis as my governor. All right? F Disney is all I can say. And thank God for Governor DeSantis. Thank God for his views on vaccines and lockdowns and gender ideology and everything else and the whole anti-woke establishment that he has produced. All I can say is God bless him, protect him as he is our governor, and hopefully maybe even moving on. And the last thing then that I want to say that I'm thankful for, my number 10, would be my Little League baseball team that I know I didn't talk a lot about, but uh, we did not win a single game. We almost won a game, and then we got rained out, and then we replayed that game, and we got destroyed. We didn't win one. Uh, But I'll tell you what, the characters, the personalities, the parents were all an amazing experience. And I was so happy to give my time up to those children to help build their confidence, which although we may not have won, they got a hundred times better. They couldn't throw a ball. Some of them were too afraid to even get under it. By the end of the season, they were hitting balls. They weren't dancing in the box. They were confidently taking swings. They were catching the balls. They were bouncing them off their bodies, keeping in front of them, throwing at the first base, making hard throws. I mean, these kids did amazing. And I tried to establish in them that it doesn't matter if we win or lose. It's whether we keep getting better. And certainly that was what happened is they got better. And, you know, although my kids don't really want to play baseball, at least this next coming season, I do wish them all the best of luck. And to you, my wonderful Pachos Chachos, uh, I just want to share some hopes and expectations that I have. As I have kind of already mentioned, 
Um, I do want to start talking a little bit more about literature. Um, I do want to keep politics in what we're going to be doing here uh, in season number four. Um, but I'm going to start using literature as the main focus and then kind of breaking off of that using whatever is current in politics and in society uh, to kind of embellish and supplement that teaching. So kind of what I do in the classroom. And so maybe, you know, I, I like to change up uh, after every semester the stories that I read, one, so kids can't cheat, and two, it keeps it more interesting for me that I get to read and discuss more material. But for any of the students who might have me this current year who will not be reading Romeo and Juliet, um, this will then be a supplement. So if you really are interested in hearing what I have to say about that story, I am literally going to be going, at least this, this is what I imagine, I'm going to be going over every single scene and every act. I would imagine every act is going to take about a month. Uh, and so that should be about five months since there are five acts. And by the end of month number six, hopefully with uh, my help, you will have a not only a better understanding, but a sincere appreciation for what I consider to be one of the greatest plays ever written, Romeo and Juliet. Uh, and, and with that said, too, gosh, it's so funny how life is, you know, that I I end the year showing the film uh, to my students and the two actors who are in the original, I think it's 19, maybe 58, 62, I don't really know. Uh, the two actors who did the Romeo and Juliet production are now suing the movie company because apparently the girl and boy who play Romeo and Juliet were 15 and 16 years old in real life. And in, I believe, act three, scene one, they wake up naked, you know, and there's this really awkward scene for like 20 seconds. You got to stare at this boy's 15 or 16 year old, but I don't know which one is which. And the girl, I mean, I remember in high school, people said that there was kind of like a, a like a, a, a little show of her nipple or something to that effect. Um, or maybe you could just see the areola through the thin lace, you know, something. I mean, I looked, I, I really haven't seen it. You know, I wasn't really trying to see it. But uh, while I was showing it to my students, I really didn't see that part. But apparently, because they had to lay in bed naked, and I mean, they were stark naked, uh, they thought that that's kind of like, you know, child, I guess, uh, perversion or sex trafficking or something. I mean, I don't know. Uh, although I do think, you know, 55 years later, it's kind of strange that you would sue them for something when you were 15 or 16. So I don't really know, you know, about the statute of limitations. I don't really know how far this is going to go or how serious it actually is. But um, I mean, I guess they got a point, right? I mean, late 60s, early, you know, 70s, two teenagers, 15 and 16, laying naked as you are recording them. I mean, they didn't do anything. You know, and, and the girl for the most of the scene was, you know, enrobed in the blanket, you know. And so, I mean, it, it wasn't R-rated. It's certainly, I mean, I think maybe more PG-13 by today's standards than the PG rating that it received. But, you know, it's just so incredible. Like, I don't know what to make of it. You tell me what you think. Uh, I would love to hear your ideas. But anyway, as always, guys, thank you so much for sharing your time with me. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Share me with all your friends if you like this episode. And, you know, just 
keep the hope alive, guys. This year is going to be better than last year. As we get older, like Jordan Peterson says, we get better. And, you know, because of that, I think our lives get better. And so just hold on, you know, keep holding on. Don't let go. You know, we go through all these things to prepare us for tomorrow. So enjoy it in that moment. Take it for what it is. Uh, Keep God near you so you never feel alone. And whenever you do feel alone, just uh, turn on my podcast and I'll talk to you then. I'll see you next week, guys. Pachos Chachos for life. God bless. Take care.